You are listening to season three of the Not Neurotypical podcast. I'm your host, Laura Stan, and this season has a very new big plot twist. So hold on tight, strap on your seatbelts, because it's still going to be a bumpy ride. And is that bumpy ride ever going to get smoother? Season three of the Not Neurotypical podcast is proudly sponsored by Timo, the award-winning app designed to support neurodivergent people with routine and scheduling. Head to your app store and type T-I-I-M-O to learn more. Hello, it is Tuesday, November 3rd. If you are in the United States, you definitely know what today is. Talk about bombardment about the election. Woo! I don't know about y'all, but I am so excited to get this over with. There is way too much commotion and stuff coming at us at all sides, so I am not going to tell you to vote because... I'm sure you either already have or you know what you're going to do. So let's not talk about that. Let's just get this over with. (laughs) Um, But today I want to talk to you all about continuing our discussion related to support. And also I've wanted to bring on successful neurodivergent people and pick their brain about the type of support and help that they need themselves and let's talk about the different types of success and what it can look like and the challenges that we over had had to overcome to get there and all of that i don't want to only talk about all of our challenges and all of the negatives but let's also highlight the people who are killing it and having a good time doing it one thing i can tell you though is the people who are neurodivergent that are successful nine times out of ten are doing what they love. It is so important for us. So today I brought on my dear friend who I will introduce in a moment. And thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to review this podcast and let me know how you feel about it. Do you love it? And if you have any constructive criticism, do not hesitate to shoot me an email. My email is hello at laurastan.com. Hello at laurastan, L-A-U-R-A-Z-D-A-N.com. And I would love to talk to you more. So without further ado, let's get this started. Hi, everyone. I am Laura Stan, the host of the Not Neurotypical podcast. And today I have Kristen Carter, and she is the host of the I Have ADHD podcast. She's an ADHD coach, and she is the founder of Focused, which is an all-inclusive monthly membership where she literally teaches her members how to get focused. So Kristen, thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. So for those of you who didn't know or find me through Kristen's podcast, which I've been on, I don't know, three or four times, I think. Um, And once again, her podcast is called I Have ADHD. And here's a little bit of a backstory. So we met on Instagram in early 2018, which seems like 10 years ago. (laughs) Um, And she was just starting her podcast. I was just having a home organizing business that was blowing up at the time. And we kind of met that way through ADHD. I don't even remember who added who first or what, but um, (laughs) yeah, one day I was listening to your podcast and you talked about your closet of shame 
And that was kind of the spark. And I, I remember messaging you and I was like, I have the craziest idea. How about I help you with your closet of shame? And we kind of share some content. And I went to your house and we worked on your closet of shame. You got to see how home organizing worked, at least with me. Yeah. And the rest was kind of history. We had so much fun. It was the best. And we hit it off right away. Like we were hanging out, laughing, talking the whole time. I just felt you like did. I was working with my best friend. It was the best. Yes. And and I felt the same exact way. And what I really loved about you, especially right from the beginning, was I felt like I don't meet many people who are have like a big heart, but also are straight shooters. And I feel mm. like we're both kind of like that. Yeah. And that's so rare. And yeah. I found you so refreshing. And it was like mm. one of those instant friendships. Love it. It's been, yes. um, it's been magical. That's what I think. I've just loved every <laughs> second of it. It definitely has. And one thing I really love about you too, is your coaching style is also the same where you have a big heart and you're super loving with your clients, but you also are no nonsense. And I think that's like, especially for ADHD, perfect yeah. coaching combo because so many coaches are so fluffy or almost like, I don't know, too professional or something. Mm. And I feel like for neurodivergent people, it's so important that we have a connection to really get involved in these programs. And then also we want to feel like, okay, you got to give it to me straight because, you know, it gets rid of all of that guessing, you know, 100%. so it's so important. Yeah. And I always like joke that I'm for sure not for everybody, but I think that like that certain type of neurodivergent person who wants to be like held in love, but at the same time, like absolutely no BS ever. Like, those yes, are my people. Exactly. But anybody who wants to be BS, you know, and needs a little bit more coddling, like I love you, but we, I'm probably not for you. And that's totally fine. Yes, very, very true. And I'm definitely the person like, give it to me straight. Yes. I don't want to guess. Yes. Like, I just need to know that you're and I think, telling me the truth. Yeah, I think being friends with you, like that is one of the most magical things is I really trust your opinion, because I know oh, that you're never going to you. hold back. Like if something's terrible, true. you're like, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> We're going to change that. I'm like, okay, cool. No problem. Right. And I can't tell you how many people have not loved that about me. So thank you so much for, for uh, enjoying that. It makes me feel better. I love it. That's so great. <laughs> so for any of my listeners who don't know who you are, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and your personal life or whatever you want to share? Go ahead. Sure. Okay. So my name is Kristen Carter. I um, live about an hour-ish outside of Philadelphia. So I'm pretty close to Laura. Um, I'm an East Coast girl through and through. I'm married to a pastor, which is kind of surprising sometimes. And <laughs> I have three boys. They are so loud and lovely. So um, 12, 10, and 6. I um, was diagnosed with ADHD when I was 21, when my dad was diagnosed like in his late 40s, early 50s. And... Um, you know, since then, it's been a really interesting journey of exploration, but really in the last um, five-ish years, I began to really study what does it mean to have ADHD and how does it truly impact my life? And then I just got involved in coaching, completely obsessed with thought management and learning um, how to create intentional results for yourself, which I never realized was possible. So that's like amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I, I do feel like I've been 
put on this earth to tell the truth and to be a straight shooter. And I finally, 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 at the age of 39, have landed in a profession where that's actually to my benefit and not to my detriment. So it's like, it's perfect. That's amazing. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it, it took a little while, but I do feel like, you know, I finally landed in a place where it's like, okay, this makes sense. Um, and doesn't that feel so good though? Like all the struggle to get there, but it's so worth it. Better late than never. Better late than never for sure. And when I say like, you know, the ripe old age of 39, I know that's actually really young because there's a lot of people, especially women being diagnosed in their forties, fifties, sixties. And so I really don't think it is ever too late to start living a life that makes sense for you. And that Mm -hmm. is one of my missions is just to help whether they're, they're my client or not, just to help people in general, just live a life that feels real authentic and makes sense. Definitely. Definitely. And I think like all of us who were diagnosed ADHD or any, any type of neurodivergence Mm -hmm. 20 plus years ago, I think we all still, even still got kind of a grasp of all of this, like five within the last five years, all of us, because there just wasn't much talk about it. Um, I feel like doctors rarely gave you much information about it until like starting about five years ago is when I noticed doctors were more willing to like share about it beyond just medication Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like talking about all of the new studies that were coming out. And um, it's just funny because everyone I hear says the same thing, like, oh, I was diagnosed either in my early 20s or as a kid. And then but it wasn't until the last five years that they're like, yeah, I really got it, really understood what that meant within the last five years. So definitely, that's interesting. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with the, um, uh, I don't know what the word is, but like the emerging of like YouTube, social media, blogging, definitely. like, because information sharing, because yes. we just really didn't have that. Yes. So when I was diagnosed, yeah. I mean, I've never had a doctor or a psychiatrist tell me anything about ADHD, honestly. And I've seen a lot over the last 20 years. And so, Same. Um, yeah, it's so fascinating. So I had to go searching for that information on my own or be like smacked in the face with it, like through a blog <laughs> or a podcast right, or right. something like that. So um, you know, one of the, yeah, I would say YouTube is like the biggest thing. Yes. Like people are like shared YouTube videos yep. and like, Oh my goodness, I'm not the only one. And all of a sudden this huge world opens Definitely. Up. And then you just go searching yeah. for more because once mm-hmm. you know, there's, once you know, there are things that you don't know, then you're, then you get curious and you're like, Oh, I want to, I want to know everything about it, you know? So our hyper focus mm-hmm. then kicks in and which is amazing. Definitely. So Lately, I've been discussing on the podcast support for neurodivergent adults, especially. And last week, I had Dan from the Aspie world Mm -hmm. on. And he's, I don't know if you're aware of him, but he's like super mega famous YouTuber that really focuses on ADHD, autism and OCD and and things like that. And um, he kind of shared what supports he has in place right now and what support kind of looked like for him as a kid. Um, And I was just curious about you, because I think it's so important that people hear about the support that successful people need Mm -hmm. as well. We all hear about all the support that people who are struggling need. 
But I think it's really important that we share, you know, what kind of help is needed for people who are killing it like you, mm. because your focus membership is doing amazing. Yes. And by the way, I'm so proud oh, of you. Thank you. So if you don't mind sharing, yeah. like what kind of supports you have in place right now with focus membership oh or gosh, yeah. like what kind of help you ask for on a daily basis or whatever you want to share, please do. Yeah, absolutely. So I love this. I just want to like co-sign it and say, yes, we all <laughs> need to, first of all, have support in place, but have examples of what that looks like. So for me, um, I have a lot of support in my business and I have a lot of support in my home as well. So I'll just talk about my support at home, first of all. So we have um, someone who cleans our house. We have somebody nice. who makes us food every week. So like the meals. Oh, that's like, amazing. I don't cook. I, I am terrible at cooking. Um, and not <laughs> Well, the I'm, first step is admitting yeah, it. Yeah, like it's not that I'm terrible at it. It's just the stress that's involved and all of the steps and the remembering the ingredients and the timing and all of that, it is not for um, someone who struggles with executive function. It's just not. And mm -hmm. so I finally mm -hmm. have embraced that. Um, we have uh, people who help us with our kids. I think a lot of people have that. I mm -hmm. lean on my husband a lot. So he takes the kids to school every day. He packs the lunches every day. I make up for it in other areas. Don't you worry. Mm -hmm. But like those <laughs> kinds of timing and having to be places in like at the right place at the right time, he does most of that because I'm terrible at it. Um, in the business, <laughs> right. I have an assistant who does a ton of stuff for me. I have a podcast awesome. producer now, which is really like that feels like such a luxury to me. Um, I just hired someone to help me with my Instagram because I was noticing that I wasn't posting on Instagram because the overwhelm of all of the DMs and comments was making it mm -hmm. so that I was dreading even posting. So I would be like, I don't even want to hop on because then I'm going to, which I mean, I, I sound like a jerk, you guys, but I promise I'm not a jerk. I'm a really nice person, but I just, <laughs> I don't think you sound like a jerk okay. at all. I feel like it's just what we've been discussing. Like you're just a straight shooter. Yeah, like this is just so reality for you. And I love that. Yeah. So I, I have like, I like to get on and post, but I'm not consistent first of all. And when I do get on and post and I get feedback, then I'm like, oh shoot, now I have to respond to people, which I want to do. Um, so I just hired, right. But it's just overwhelming, it's overwhelming, dude. So I just hired someone to help me with that, which is great. I've, um, someone who helps me with ads and what other support do I have? My next like big thing that's on my mind, and this is just a luxury, but like, as my business have, has grown, it's given me opportunity to add in the luxuries. Like we've never had someone clean our house before this year. We've never had mm -hmm. somebody make meals before this year. But this is one of the reasons why I'm passionate about helping my clients earn more money is because when you are earning more money, you can put in so much more support for yourself. And I think at least in the ADHD community, there is this like epidemic of under earning. And definitely, I just really want to encourage my, it's even worse in the autism oh, community. Really? Oh, my oh gosh, yeah. That's so Le difficult. Autistic people are actually the least employed demographic of people. I had no idea. 
I just want yes, to in general, and that's like obviously very diverse. Right, like autistic right, people right, are right. extremely diverse, but as a whole, um, you know, we are. But if if you didn't know, sixty to eighty percent of autistic people also have ADHD. Mm-hmm. So still, like your tribe, you're talking yes, to here. One hundred percent. You know, I just yeah. really I know that that is can be a really touchy subject, and and hearing from someone who's like, oh, I have someone cook my meals, I have someone clean my house. <laughs> like I get that that. If you're listening through the lens of like, hey, that's like no fair, I totally get it. But I want you to know that I am just an example of what's possible. Well, you kind of earned it too. Like you, you're doing this as you grow and as you're getting busier and busier with your business. There have been, and this is what you have to do to succeed. You have to find the places that you're having weaknesses and get those areas covered so that you can keep growing and in, in what you love to do and you're doing what you love oh too which is gosh. the big thing yes the biggest part and my coach is really helping me oh that's another thing I have like so many life coaches <laughs> I forgot to <laughs> that too how many life okay, coaches so do you I'm have? in two memberships um which okay. I I think memberships are like the bomb like I love them so much so I'm in um a membership with Stacey Bayman I'm in a membership with Brooke Castillo money well spent would spend it again Mm -hmm. happy to give them my money every month like so happy and then I have a one-on-one coach who I meet with weekly and um coaching really is what made the difference for me so I've been medically treated for ADHD off and on since age 21 but when I started to Mm -hmm. learn how to manage my mind, that's when my results just really started to um, exponentially Mm -hmm. increase. And then my coach is constantly reminding me of the support that I need. So she doesn't have ADHD. She's not an ADHD coach, but she, like the first thing she did when we, like week one, she's like, you're hiring an assistant. And of course, in my mind, I'm like, I can't afford an assistant. And she just convinced me, like, you can't afford not to. And then podcast mm-hmm. producer and like, she's the one that's been like, she's like, why are you on your Instagram? Hire someone to do that. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so she's the one that's like, that's awesome. yeah, support, support. And I just, that is true for anybody. Like if you want to level up, you have to make sure your scaffolding is there too. So uh, Russell Barkley talks about like the scaffolding needed to be successful. And I always have the thought, that you can't go any higher than your scaffolding. So if you want to level up your results, totally. you have to make sure your scaffolding goes to the next level as well, or they're just not going to be sustainable. I love that analogy. Right. And and for some reason, I don't know why, and I think it's like related to childhood trauma mm-hmm. because we, a lot of us were raised, you know, to be be more neurotypical yeah. and we didn't really understand support and all that. And we see a bunch of kids, maybe like, it seems like they have it so easy and we're struggling so much. So it's almost like I'm going to prove them all wrong when we grow up, but we do that yes. wrong. We're like, I'm going to do it myself. I'm not going to ask for help. I don't need any help. And like, that is the worst yeah. mentality to go into adulthood with. And, and I definitely did that. And I learned, um, very, very hard, like doing things the hard way. And, you know, it doesn't help anybody. And it especially only hurts yourself. And I I look back two years mm-hmm. ago, when our friendship was kind of starting, and you were still doing everything yeah, yourself, pretty I much. Was. And I, I love that 
we're talking about this and, and how support has changed. And also, let's talk about the fact that this type of stuff that you're paying for shouldn't be looked at as luxuries. This is actually yeah. you supporting yourself. That's so true. You're getting That's support. So of course, you have to pay for it. That is so And not true. everyone can afford yeah. it. But if you can, why not ask for help and get that help and not worry about yeah. it? Yeah. And I will say, too, like, um, affording something is that is a subjective reality, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. can I afford not to? And I think that. And so often an excuse to get yourself the help you need. Yeah. And I see that yeah. a lot. And I, and I feel bad call, just calling that out regularly. I, I try not to, but I do try to mention things like that on my podcast and kind of plan a seed mm. for people to think about because um, I don't want to like shame anybody, but at the same time, it's so often I hear and see or observe people talking about something that they really need and they say, but I can't yeah. afford that. And then in my head, I'm like an efficiency problem yes. solver type person. And I'm just like, well, if you just paid for it, like saved up for one month and then paid for it, like you'd be yeah. good forever. Like in my head, I'm just like, come on. just Yeah. Do it. And I think that what we lack in America sometimes is like the resourcefulness and the willingness to mm-hmm. just be like, I'm just going to figure this out. So like, maybe I cancel my cable. Maybe I like get a really dumb phone. Maybe I like all of those different things because you right rearrange yes. your life a little bit for the support. We're just that you not need. used yeah. to that at all, which I, I totally understand. Um, you know, mm-hmm. those sacrifices at the beginning when you're just starting out and you're just building your scaffolding, they seem like, oh my gosh, they seem so huge. But when you rearrange and like cut in other areas so that you can have support to grow and maybe maybe you're you're putting in support so that you can increase your income, right? So I put, mm-hmm. the first time I paid for my coach, I put it on a credit card and she like 10X'd mm-hmm. my income. So was that, you know, a problem? No, I was like so happy to do that. So right. Yes. And it was a little scary oh at first, I'm sure, because you're taking a chance. Out. And my husband freaked but... out, too. <laughs> we <laughs> had literally just gotten out of debt. And I was like, how about we put Because he's frugal, right? Like, he's more of a frugal yes, kind of guy. Like, is. was he supportive of all of this money oh for support my type of thing? Or did you have to convince him? Um, it's so interesting because when you are, like, when you have a business, and, of course, we have a separate business account, but he sees it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. in our online Mm -hmm. banking, like it's sitting right there and he sees it. And so it's very hard to separate like business money and our money in his mind. And so Mm -hmm. we have that conversation a lot. Like this is the business's money. And when I think about my business only being a year old and like, I need to feed that business. I need to like, Mm -hmm. it what I, it takes money to make money. And I Mm -hmm. starved my other business, my previous business. So every single penny that I made, we took out and it did not grow. It really did not grow. And so I want to do the opposite here. And so we have that conversation on the regular and my biggest Mm -hmm. asset of my business is my brain. It just is right. So, um, investing in my brain is 
expensive. And yes, he does struggle with that. <laughs> he added up <laughs> how much we've spent this year. And by we, I mean, the business and me have spent on, okay. um, you know, my brain this year. And he's like, um, like what in the world? And I'm just like, yeah, I know. But when, when you look at it, at it relatively, it's like the, when you're investing in people that really get you results, right. Then mm-hmm everything else grows exponentially too. So it's like, it's not a problem. You just have to make sure that the investment that you're making is a really good one. Right, right. Like what we're talking about right now is investing in yourself and getting yourself the support and the help you need. And that looks different for everyone. In your case, you're a coach. So you really wanted to make sure that you feel like you can be a coach and and like get yourself together enough to you know, not feel like imposter syndrome, which oh we gosh, all struggle yeah. with, it feels like. Um, and and I agree, of course, some things can be expensive, but it's also how you make more money. <laughs> like that's just how the business world yeah. works. Yeah. And not um, but for those people who aren't in service industries, you know, the money you spend is gonna look yeah, very different, but it's still investing in yourself. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. I love it. So true. And I always loved that you talked about money. Oh my I God. feel like so many people so don't want to talk about money, <laughs> especially neurodivergent people, because it is either a trauma response or like kind yeah. of scary. And it's like something that people really struggle with. So I always loved that you just straight up talk about money. I really am inspired by my coaches who talk about money. And when they share their like gross revenue, it, it shows me that it is possible for people to make money. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be that for my people. And it really triggers people sometimes. I mean, I get emails and I get DMs and even podcast reviews talking. Right. They, yeah. People just really don't love it. But my people. Money's scary. Yeah, it is. My people, like the people who like really love my stuff, they, it is so inspiring because I, I mean, Five years ago, we couldn't pay our heating bill. And now we are grossing more than I ever, ever imagined. And so that transformation is possible for everyone. And that's what I always say on my podcast is like, I am nothing special. I am not some sort of like magical unicorn. I'm just someone who has learned how to manage her mind. And that's why I'm passionate about teaching it to my clients. So yeah, I talk about money all the time because I'm sick of us under earning. Honestly, I'm sick of that under earning. We have to talk about it to figure out how to manage it too. Like that's another thing. Like you can't just ignore money if you want to make it. That's just like not how it works. And also, you know, we just have to address it head on. And I also really want to expose people to really successful neurodivergent mm-hmm. people because there's nothing wrong with that it's yeah. out there but when you talk to them like you Dan and other people that that I've been talking to lately and will talk to all of them had oh my gosh and put support in place first before they were mm-hmm. successful and maybe there were some things that kind of got them there or you there but at the end of the day it seems like from what I'm hearing mm-hmm. let me know if I'm wrong that the support that you put in place is pretty much the number one reason of why you're so successful right now. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. And it's why investing investing in yourself, investing 
in support and not shaming myself for it. That th- I used to mm-hmm. think I should be able to do this on my own. I shouldn't have mm-hmm. to pay for this, whatever this was, right? Like fill in the blank. So it could be like mm-hmm. someone cleaning my house. I'm like, well, I, I shouldn't have to pay for that. Like I don't work on the weekends. I should be able to do this on my own or somebody cooking. Like I shouldn't have to pay for this. But by the time that 4 p.m. comes, my brain is fried. Like I should have to pay for it. Well, and you have three kids in school. Mm-hmm. And so like at four o'clock means, oh, okay, it's homework and all that stuff day. too. So. Yes. So right. I've, <laughs> right. And we're supposed to be thinking right. of dinner during and that. It's, it's just wild steps involved in like getting it prepared and on the table, like before 8 PM. So yeah, it's just what I have found is that every time I think I shouldn't have to, it's usually the opposite. I should have to, mm-hmm. I have ADHD. Yeah. I have three kids. I'm running a business. I should have to pay someone to clean my house. I should have to pay for help. I should have to pay for coaching. Like people are like, I shouldn't have to pay this much. Like, no, you should have to. Like amazing coaches are going to be expensive. You should have to pay that much. And and I, I find this all inspiring too. I really struggle with that. I grew up very, very, very yep. poor, which affects yep. people. Like I still feel guilty buying myself yes. things, even though I, I mean, I'm definitely just middle class now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like, you know, I'm well off. We still, you know, have our months where it's not so yeah. fun and, and all of that, but I'm, I'm definitely not poor anymore, but I find myself still having like poor mentality and like having to check myself on that. And I I would say that to date, I really haven't supported myself Mm. enough. So you've really inspired me to not compromise so much with myself and my maybe negative thoughts or my poor mentality that I have or, you know, and and I don't know, you're inspiring me too. So thank you. I'm so glad. And I totally relate to that. My parents were missionaries. We had zero money. My dad was always in the ministry and we like every response was always like, we don't Mm -hmm. have the money for that. We don't have the money for that. We don't have the money for that. And I think getting out of a poor mentality takes Mm -hmm. a lot of work. Like it is not easy. So that's a lot of neurodivergent people, obviously um, it's genetic. So a lot of us, you know, have neurodivergent parents, I would say probably 80 to 90% of us have two parents that are neurodivergent and most likely had similar struggles that we do, which include holding jobs or, or just being underpaid and, and things like that. So a lot of us do come from a background of, you know, where maybe not poor, but paycheck to paycheck or, you know, having to live like that. And it is, it is really hard to come out of that mentality, especially if you're struggling and living paycheck to paycheck. It's hard. (laughs) Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. It's hard to really understand that there's Mm -hmm. more available to you. And, and that is one of the things that I think is so cool about these kinds of conversations is to just be inspired by each other and say like, wow, maybe there is more available to me. Maybe there is like, what would happen if I supported myself? I wonder what I'm capable of. Definitely. And, and just that idea, sometimes we just have to put ourselves out there and do the scary things for the good things to come back to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But the fun thing is that it's all different for everybody. So we can't even like tell these people what to do. (laughs) 
Isn't that so great? I know. I love that so much. I always tell my clients, I say, I don't know the answer for you. Right. You know the answer for you. <laughs> and they get mad at me. They're like, just tell oh, me. Oh, I know. Like, I think I a lot know. of people think coaches are just people that tell them what to do. And that's really not what it's about. It's so funny. I I've had multiple clients of Lee, like, well, what should I do? And I say, well, you tell me. And they're like, what am I paying you for? And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're paying me to yes. show you your mind, to hold up a mirror to your brain so you know why you're creating the results that you currently have and know how to get different results. But yeah, the how is inside all of, mm-hmm. all of us, but we don't know it for each other. And I think that's one of the mistakes that we all make is we go looking for the how to do something outside of us. We go yeah. searching for it. Like, oh, they know Let's how to like do them. it. Or, or you see someone who's really successful and you just like emulate them without like switching it up for you. Yes. And then you're like, why isn't this working for me? And it's yes. like, cause it's not you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I mean, I've done that a million times. That's I've done it so one million good. times myself. So I know, I mean, now yeah. I'm aware of it, but before I was aware of it, I was just like, oh, to be successful, you have to pretend that you're a successful person. <laughs> Right. It's so funny because especially as someone who has a neurodivergent brain, it's really adorable that we think that we can go and cookie cutter ourselves into somebody like, you know, like, oh, Amy Porterfield's business is going to be like exactly what I'm going to do. Like, no, Amy Porterfield has a neurotypical Mm -hmm. brain and she talks about consistency and I'm Mm -hmm. never going to be consistent. So it's not going to work for me. You know, all of these people, whoever it is that, you know, you guys look up to. You have to be able to look at their business through the lens of like, I'm a neurodivergent person. How can I tailor this right. for me so that I and can And let's be also discuss the fact that neurotypical successful people still ask for help. They have other people doing everything for oh them. Gosh. They're not doing everything. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so important that we talk about that too, because sometimes it feels like, oh, why do I need all this help? This is so annoying. And, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I've thought all of these things, but nobody is successful alone. Nobody. Yeah. I think that neurotypical people might just have less drama. <laughs> well, it's like that less turbulent. Like, it's just like, they just do it. They, they understand. Yeah. Yeah. But also they, they don't right? have the trauma of childhood where being shamed for needing more help and this stigma that they are carrying around Mm -hmm. with them. And so when they need help, it's just like, oh, I'm just a human who needs help. It's fine. When we come to grips with the fact that we need help, we often make it mean, oh, I need help because I have ADHD or I need help because. Right. It's not always that. Like, well, maybe, maybe, but maybe you just are a human and you just can't do everything on your own. Definitely. Definitely. And there's just a lot, a lot to that to unpack there. I I feel like so many of the decisions we make as adults is out of pain that we felt earlier in life or Mm -hmm. things like that. And I would say 90% of them probably affect the money coming in that that we do. Like you take that safe job when maybe you shouldn't have take should have taken that job that was a little more scary, but you were more passionate about, but we always better perform when we're more passionate about something and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like, when do we put ourselves out there and allow ourselves to maybe fail and learn from it, which you talk about a lot, how failure is your best friend. Oh my gosh. And I totally agree. Yep. We're besties. I mean, it feels terrible. I don't enjoy feeling 
Yeah. It feels terrible, but there's no success without failure, which I know is super cliche and annoying, but like there, you have to be willing to put yourself out there and be vulnerable to failure. And if you're not willing, if you want to live a very safe life, it's available to you. Most humans are living a very safe and padded life, but it is not going to be super interesting. Probably not doing them any favors um, either. Yep. It's, you will be under earning for sure. And spoiler alert, you're still going to feel like ass 50% (laughs) of the time. So you might as well just like put yourself out there. Right. It's like, I, I love this concept that my coach teaches where like life is 50-50. So 50% of the time, we're going to be feeling negative emotion, whether you're like, um, you know, super successful mm-hmm. or not. So you might as well um, take those yeah. risks, you know? So yeah. like maybe I'm not feeling frustration because, uh, you know, I'm sitting on the couch watching Netflix on a uh, 12.30 on a Tuesday, <laughs> like man, I really should be doing something else. What I'm feeling is like extreme vulnerability for putting myself out there. But I think I'd rather just take the vulnerability over the frustration of not doing what totally. I want to do. I totally agree with that. And and it's so true that 50-50, like that, it kind of blew my mind a little bit because I feel like no matter what I do, mm-hmm. definitely 50-50. Like when I'm at my best, yes. I'm still 50-50. <laughs> like yes. when I'm doing everything I love, and this- I'm still 50-50. Like, that's so true. It's so true. And this is kind of the secret to the universe, I think, because this is one of the reasons why people gain financial success or they get the perfect relationship or, you know, quote unquote or whatever. And then they realize, oh, wait, I'm still depressed, Mm -hmm. you know, here, or I'm still not feeling 100% happy all the time. And then they kind of implode. Right. Because we expect that our circumstance, like our bank account or our relationship or our job is what is going to make us happy. And it's just not. And like, we're not supposed to be happy all the time. Right. We're just not. Struggle is the human condition. It's always been that way. Absolutely. No matter what, like no matter what, whether you're like selling out concerts, you know, like if you think of somebody like so successful and and we wonder why celebrities, uh, they kind yeah. of implode. And I think a huge reason is like, they've gotten that success and they still feel terrible. And they're like, right. They thought, <laughs> Oh, if I just have on? this, it's going to make me happy. Yeah, yes, definitely. And I think yes. one thing like CEOs that we always talk about all the annoying people that just seem so perfect. Like <laughs> one of, one of the coolest things to think about with CEOs who have taken over the world, whether ethically or not, they always had <laughs> just struggles they were dealing with and overcoming and still do consistently, yeah. but they're people who love that. Like, that's what they do. That's why, like a lot of business people are like that. They love solving, you know, huge problems and, and, and things like that. And that's kind of what having a job is, right? Like you're kind of like always overcoming, no matter what level you're at, you're always overcoming something. And and that's what I always struggled with working was like understanding that jobs, jobs are really just like overcoming challenges and figuring things out and working through Mm -hmm. things with others, mm. which isn't always easy for me or <laughs> other people listening, but it's, it's just the way it is. Yeah. And I love that 50, 50 analogy because 
it's so true, whether you're successful, whether you are just at the beginning of working on all of this 50 50, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so then my clients go to this place where they're like, well, if life is 50 50, then why am I going to bother? Like, why would I bother Mm. do the hard thing? And my answer to that is like, well, if life is 50 50 anyway, you might as well be rich. <laughs> if life is 50-50 right. anyway, you might as well be married to someone doing your you passion. Right. If life is 50- right. Yes. Like you like what if we just do our goals like just for fun? Just because we want to, not because we think they're gonna make us happy, but just because we want to live the full human experience. Right. You know? Exactly. And that's another that brings me into another segue. I always talk about that, especially for neurodivergent people, success does not mean one thing like some people successful may be having a loving family that they made on their own and that's like the most beautiful thing they've ever done or some for success might just be working part-time at a a, what most would see as a silly job but a job they love and that's it and they're happy you know it's success is is very different for everybody success for others may just be having enough time to work on their hobbies every week or something, you know, they're, it's all different for, for everybody. And some people don't want to be a millionaire and some people do. And, you know, it's, it's different for everybody, but success can just, just means, you know, your passion, finding your passion and, and being able to enjoy in it and, you know, your time with it and having fun and, also working hard for it because let's face it, we're never really happy unless we worked hard for it. Those things that you're just given, they're not special. (laughs) That's so true. And I would just add to that, like being a success also means becoming the most Mm -hmm. you, like the Mm -hmm. most Laura version of Laura. Oh no, I don't know if we want that. (laughs) Oh, we want it girl. So like, I think that that is one of the things that allows us to really feel successful is when we, when we are living a life that is completely honest, where we're just um, ourselves and, you know, having the honesty, the ability to say like, Hey, I want to have 14 kids and (laughs) pour my life into all of them, or I want to be a millionaire, or I want to like be a flight attendant or whatever but doing what is most us. Um, yeah. Like very, I love that. Yes. True and authentic. Yeah, Cause we you. talk on the podcast a lot about masking and, and all neurodivergent people mm. to a certain point have experienced that, including ADHD, whether you're autistic or not with ADHD, yeah. it's something that's very common. And that comes from, you know, growing up with one type of prototype of a person that you're supposed to try to be like and and that can be very confusing when you're a kid and you don't even know what you're really struggling with and and then you just try to be that and um, I love that you mentioned for most of us success is just being the most us and a lot of the people listening Mm -hmm. to this podcast are trying to figure out what even is inside of us because sometimes we don't know and I'm Mm -hmm. still you know it's been about I don't know almost a year and a half of me just understanding, okay, wow, this, there was this whole person locked inside of here and I'm still trying to figure it out. And Mm. while I've made a lot of profound observations up until now, I'm still navigating that. And, um, in business, Mm. especially it's been really hard to unmask because you have to be professional, you know, there's like a lot of, um, nuance to that. And, and it's really hard and it takes time. So that's another thing you have to be 
willing to put in the time and effort to do all that because success definitely, and, you know, in the context of finding yourself and being the most you, it takes a long time, especially when you weren't that kid who always just knew exactly who you were. And, you know, some people are just really confident and, and good in that area. And yeah, some people aren't, or they faked confidence and they realize, oh my goodness, I'm really not that confident. And, you know, it's, yes. it's a something that's going to take years. I, I've just accepted that it's going to take years for me to really understand masking and what parts of me are very, very genuine and what parts I'm still observing and, and figuring out. And there's nothing wrong with that. Totally. I love that you're just down for the journey. I am. I, you know, I'm really enjoying it. And um, I, I would say my my journey is very quintessential me. It's very up and down. It It's turbulent <laughs> at times. It's all over the place, but that's who I am. So I'm just on for the ride. I probably sound, probably sound really wild right now, but it's true. Like it's just like up all. and down, you know? It. And, and I think that's adult life yeah. is just really up and down. I mean, especially if you have kids, it's very up and down, you know, it's yeah. like, so you mean like, oh, 50, yeah. 50? yeah, 50, 50, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just, that's what it is. It's highs and lows, but you don't know what the high feels like unless you have the low, you need that, that, that balance of it, right? Like we don't know what happiness feels like unless we really know. Right. And we don't know what, who we really are until we've really observed that is not me. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh my goodness. I think especially for neurodivergent people, like who have to learn the hard way, right? We've talked about that a lot on your podcast. We talked about how (laughs) we have to do everything the hard way, but it's more like, that's how I learn. One hundred percent. And that I don't, I think that most, at least ADHD people identify with that. I think that's also like personality. You and I are very Definitely. strong. We're out there. Like, um, op- yep. oppositional type personalities. Enneagram but eight, Lama seven wing eight. You're an eight. We, yes. That's a whole other oh podcast. My gosh. <laughs> oh, I'm down for that yeah. too. So yeah, I just think that, um, learning the hard way of like, okay, that's not me you know, pretending to be like masking and then, and then really having this sense of like, Ooh, that was not authentic. Definitely. And a lot of the times we don't even realize that we have those feelings later and we're like, Oh, this does not feel good. I'm not into this. And they were like, okay, well, we're going to avoid that in the future. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I have really enjoyed this discussion with you. And in closing, is there anything you'd like to add? Where can people find you? You know, go ahead and lay it on them. Okay. I love it. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. I could talk for seven more hours. I understand that like the listeners can <laughs> handle it, but I just love, I always chatting. love chatting with you so too. Fun. Yeah. It's so fun. Um, okay. So if, uh, you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at I have ADHD podcast. I promise that I will be amazing and kind. <laughs> and then, um, you can check out my website. I have ADHD.com. And, um, if I sound like your person, you can check out my focus membership on the website as well. So it's, I have ADHD.com. And you should focus. check it out, especially if you're diagnosed ADHD or you have executive dysfunction issues. I have heard mm-hmm. from many people who, are in Kristen's program and I've have not heard one negative thing. 
and that's true. Very, How cool very true. Is that? We've that's shared, we've cool. shared some clients cool. over the years and, and I've only heard yeah. good things about your program. So that's awesome. That's awesome. I forgot that I also host the podcast. <laughs> so if you want to check that out, it's, I have, it's a really podcast. good podcast. Love. It's, it's a little more f- from like a coaching standpoint and like coaching tips and things yeah. like that. So if you kind of like someone being really real and telling you how it is and giving you coaching tips, it, that is the podcast for you. <laughs> And if you don't, it's okay. I love you anyway. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. See ya. Before we go today, I wanted to wish a very, very special and happy fourth birthday to my youngest, Gigi. It was yesterday and we had a lot of fun celebrations while also small and socially distanced. And it's not quite the birthday that you want to throw your kids, but we had a lovely intimate time and she's happy as could be. And that's all that really matters to me. So happy birthday, Gigi. I love you forever. And Saturday is my daughter Chloe's birthday. She's turning five. Yes, they are 360 days apart. I wouldn't recommend that to any of you out there (laughs) having kids so close. It was wild, but happy birthday to Chloe as well, turning five on Saturday. And I love you both so much. And here's to another great year.